Welcome to the Creative Land Podcast Network. Join us as we share our favorite RPGs, one-shot games, tabletop games, reviews of items, and convention panels, and other exciting things that we run into from time to time. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, a sign to Ragnarok story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the 5th Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. Thanks for being here. Yeah. <laughs> welcome. Welcome. welcome to... Uh... Welcome to our Black Widow panel, everyone. Yay! 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 Woo-hoo! Yay! Woo-hoo! These are my favorite guests! I'm so happy they're here! Yay! <laughs> we talked about a little bit of well, I mean, I guess you guys know who we are, so I guess we don't I don't know whether we really Oh, you should introduce to yourselves for the recording. <laughs> well, oh part of the sneaky. Roynish Turtle Conservation Society, which is a really deep, nerdy Game of Thrones reference. Um, <laughs> for the turtles of Mother Roy. No one wants another turtle war. No. No. But, oh, like, we're just I'm Tanya, and we've been doing panels here for a few years, and in Phoenix Comic Con for more. There's usually, there's more people in our group, and I, I earlier I referred to us as the Tuscan delegation. Because <laughs> we're usually the only two that can manage to make it down here, which is just fine with us because it means we can choose to talk about whatever we want. <laughs> so thanks for coming. Yay! <laughs> thanks for being here, yeah. Tanya and Jen. Yay! And as we always say, our panels are very dependent upon audience participation. Okay. Ooh, I'm an A plus student. Hey. <laughs> so we want to know all your thoughts. Be sure as we're going through things to jump in and feel free to chat us up. Yeah. All right. So um, so we'll, let's get started. And um, as you can see, we're here to talk about Black Widow tonight. Um, initially, we kind of. And it's still going to be the it's still going to be the description that we sent, <laughs> which is to just kind of discuss her character evolution throughout the course of the MCU over the last 10, 11 years. But the thing we also decided to do tonight is to turn this into a little bit of a memorial service for her because <laughs> she didn't really get one. <laughs> she didn't get a very good send up at all. No. And we oh. I'll sacrifice myself for Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> but, you know, they just, we're still pretty upset about that. <laughs> so tonight we're here to discuss the evolution of Black Widow and to memorialize Natasha Romanov, agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, like, the first time we got to meet Natasha Romanov in the MCU, oh, well, to backtrack a little bit, she has a rich history in comics. I might reference a couple of things because I've read a few things, but not a lot. The vast, the majority of our discussion is going to be over the, the films and maybe a little bit of the What If series. So, Iron Man 2 came out in 2010, and that's when she was introduced to audiences. She was, she was a, like she's described online, like former kind of KGB spy, and then she just, she defected to Shield, and she went out. She was born in Russia. She was part of the secret KGB program that they called the Red Room. Pupils were all taught to pupils, mainly girls. They were all taught to fight. They learned skills like ballet that could be used for cover stories. Eventually, they were also involuntarily sterilized. And 
she was introduced to the audience uh, audiences as Tony Stark's new personal assistant in Iron Man 2. And it becomes very apparent that she's way more than just an assistant because there's a great hallway fight scene and Marvel loves a hallway fight scene. <laughs> right? It's a great hallway fight scene where she, she kicks all the ass and she ends up saving Tony, Happy, and Pepper. And Tony looks at Pepper and says, I want one. And, you know, Pepper's like, no. <laughs> and her introduction was, her introduction was very strong because you got right out the gate, you know, that she is not a woman to be trifled with. But they also sexualized it very much. And now, 10, 11 years on, Scarlett Johansson has talked about how she does not, she doesn't like the way that she was introduced because black, she's, because Natasha was introduced as a thing. Yeah. A thing to be owned or to be had. Yes. Right. And so she's, you know, and that is, it's really, it's really pretty cringy. It's not great. And one thing that I think is great is that some of the things that bothered her, she turned around in the Black Widow movie. Like this moment in this sexualized pose became her sister's. Hey, you're a poser. Uh, why, do you <laughs> always do that? why do you always do that pose? I love that moment in the movie. So good. And um, and we'll talk about it more. But you know, you mentioned sterilization. Um, they actually kept that in the movie. Yeah, on purpose. In response to after the negativity of it, they in Black Widow like consciously chose to make it. A different type of moment. Yeah, so. I mean, he's in the movie Blackwater after they bust Alexi out of prison, and he's like, "Oh, your time of the month!" And you see Natasha and Yelena look at each other, and they go into this long, detailed thing. Like, oh, they just ripped it right just out, and then it's like, "What did you say?" Was, oh, I'm sorry. Are you uncomfortable? Yes. <laughs> and I guess like they were gonna take that out. And Scarlett Johansson and Florence Pugh were like, no, 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 leave it in. We want to do things with that. Yeah. Or two dollars daughters in that mindset would say. Yeah. It was a really beautiful moment, actually, I thought, in the Black Widow movie. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. And um, I think what we have, a, we have the Avengers the next time she shows up. And like she's introduced, she's being tied to a chair. She's tied to a chair. She's being interrogated. But you can tell the whole time she's being interrogated. She's kind of like, yeah, you know, whatever, it's Tuesday. <laughs> and she gets a phone call, and they're like, it's for you. And she's like, yeah? And it's them telling, and she gets a call, and they're telling her, you know, something's wrong with Clint. And so she manages to turn the situation on its head, and she gets herself free. She takes out her captors, and then like when all is said and done, and it's like Fury decides he's going to bring the gang together. She's the one who gets sent out to bring everybody in, and like the really the most notable part is when she's the one sent to bring in Banner, and she I mean yeah she brings a team, but she goes in alone, and I just I just still think that was really cool because she has to go in and pretend that she's not afraid that she doesn't care. That she just, he's just a guy, she's just a gal, they're just having a conversation. And yeah, it's just really cool. I think, I don't know, what do you guys think about that that opening with her though? I still felt like they were, they were trying to, it was just so overly sexualized for me. Like here she's wearing, you know, this little strappy, strappy dress. dress, right? Yeah. And she's got the heels and they, they couldn't get away from still making her like this weapon, this beautiful thing. It's classic Joss Whedon. It is. It's classic <laughs> Joss Whedon. And it bothered me. Like I felt like she was more than that. And it was funny. I laughed. But at the same time, I cringed <laughs> just a little bit. Well, it's like when I see a lineup of all the Avengers, and there's one woman here. There's one. Really? And yeah. Yeah. No, they have the headshot, oh, right? Oh, <laughs> headshots, yeah. Okay, maybe two, maybe three, 
but all the rest are men. Are there men of color? I guess Bruce Banner. <laughs> well, and um, Rhodey. Rhodey, but that's, you know, I just feel like, come on, let's have some representation. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I noticed was the evolution of her hair. And I know that's a yeah. funny thing. Yeah, well, I was just it's, thinking about that on the, yeah. on the slides Is it on there, your list? Yeah. Am I it's jumping not, ahead? It's not on my <laughs> list, but it's but it's valid. Yeah. We talked about it. At, well, I mean, like, yeah. like, as we were going through and thinking about points, like, her hair does change and it reflects what's going on with her, too. Yeah. I mean, like, the short haircut little bob is a lot more practical for someone who's like ostensibly going and fighting. Mm -hmm. I have really long hair. It wouldn't be a detriment to me to be like whipping it around trying to fight people because it would yeah. like get in my eyes. And you can grab it. Well, that would have been great. Right. But you have to watch out and not let it hit you on your own face. I mean, she had like a really nice blowout with the waves set in it. It's like, it's very glamorous, but that's just the practical. Hit in your yeah. face. Yeah. It was very sexy hair. Yeah. And even though she's like really sexy in this pose and in adventures, the hair is more like, I'm going to murder people. Yeah. It's murder haircut. It is more of a murder haircut. Yeah, it really is. And like, coming into Winter Soldier, she. Now, it's a, at a certain point. The fans began to ask for a Black Widow movie. We asked for this movie a long time before we got it. Yeah. <laughs> and at the time, whenever it was being asked for, the guy in charge of, like, the MCU, Kevin Feige, I don't actually know how to say his last name, so I'm going to spell him Kevin Feige, because I think that might be how it's said. Anyway, Kevin F. told everyone, no, no, just wait until you see Winter Soldier. It's going to be good. Just wait until you see Winter Soldier. And most of us said, yeah, but see, that's a Captain America movie. Yeah. <laughs> but fine, we'll wait and see. Right. And she really got to, she really did get to shine in Winter Soldier. It's it's one of my favorite Marvel movies. Um, she goes on a mission with Steve, and while they're on this mission, it's like the big opening thing, the thing that opens the movie, and they're going onto a boat, and Cap is doing his Cap thing all right. around. And, but she kind of, she kind of sneaks off because she's got her own agenda from Fury because to download some data. And while they're kind of out doing their thing, like somewhere in there, somebody tries to kill Fury and Steve has to go on the run. And in all of this, like Natasha meets up with Steve and she shows him, she like, it's really great because at a certain point, they're on the run and they're in this mall and Steve Rogers, American Boy Scout, is trying to figure out what to do and he's like, well, we'll just, she'll walk. And she's like, kiss me. He's like, what? She's like, you know, come in. And, and everybody, they walk right past. And one of the best things I think about that movie is getting to watch them together because to me, it's like the soldier and the spy. Because if he does, if he does things the way he always does things, he's gonna get his ass caught. Right. So she has to help him and teach him how to blend in. Yeah. How to how to blend in, how to not be seen, and how to get where they need to go unobtrusively. She really does get to be like the competent, yeah, you know, experts of the film. Yeah, that's nice. It was really nice. And I like, I love the the rapport. Mm -hmm. You immediately know there's no romance. These are co-workers and friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're they're yeah. like they're fun. They have a good friendly rapport. She teases him about a girl. The nurse next door. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I have a question now. Have any of these movies yet passed the Bechdel test? I have no idea. I mean, this one maybe. Is there another one in character? There is. It has a name. The nurse. The nurse, I can't remember her Sherry name. Carter. Does she talk? Yeah, thank to you. Her? <laughs> Sherry Carter. Natasha? I can't remember if she I talks think to her. Natasha. Revealed as a agent, she talks to her in the shield headquarters, doesn't she? Mm -hmm. And they start talking about the carrier. About the men? 
or about something. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't about romance, at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they could not be replaced by a lamp. It's like I watched them. <laughs> right? I watched them, and I I do this now, and I can't. It's like they'll do. They'll not pass the test. They'll make it just by this much. Yes. Or they they come close, and then they can't even like. Or or they'll 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 make it. But it's one sentence that doesn't have to do with anybody else, and it's like this is not. The Bechdel test is a very low bar. It is. <laughs> I think we have a homework assignment. I guess I have to watch all of them. I have to watch them again, and I just watched them all to make a very large French costume. <laughs> oh wow! Mm-hmm. Now you know how long that took to watch the whole series. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's like, and then like. Course in here, they find out about this guy, the Winter Soldier, and like they're like, "Well, who is that? He's a myth." Somebody talks about she's he's a myth, and Natasha's like, "No, he's not, because he almost killed me once." Mm-hmm. And nobody knows who this person is. She knows about him from her KGB days, and he's the one who tried to kill Fury. Um, Natasha is instrumental in a lot of things in this film, and at the end, she's the one who. She's the one who puts all the data that they find when they find that uh, the shield has been infiltrated by Hydra. She puts all that data out into the world and she's shown testifying before Congress. And at one point she, she tells them, you can't lock me up. You can't lock us up because you need us. And after that, she kind of disappears. Now, like, it has recently come to light that in the original draft, of, of uh, Winter Soldier, whenever they're going on the run and trying to stay incognito, the original draft called for Natasha to pick Steve up at the mall in a convertible while wearing tennis whites and a blonde wig. Oh. Uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson, by this time, felt comfortable enough in her role to put her foot down and tell them, no, this is not, you can't do this. This is not Black Widow. And they all went, oh, okay. And they changed it. Oh, so, yeah. Which makes it interesting that I think Winter Soldier was one of the first times we get more insight into her and her motivations. And, you know, she gets really emotional when she thinks Nick Fury has died. Um, And, you know, she's willing to put herself out there and be seen as more than just a tool you know, this super spy. And um, I don't know, like, I think it's interesting that they had such little understanding of her. Yeah. And at the same time, this was a movie where we got more, we did gain more understanding of her. Do you guys agree? Yeah. Well, I think it's really important and interesting because I know that uh, Scarlett Johansson is not universally loved and that she has definitely made some missteps as a performer in other uh, films. But for me, hearing this, it's really interesting to think about how she had really like delved into that character and she's the reason that we're able to have this more, you know, proactive version of uh, the Black Widow. I really appreciate that. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I just wonder how much she had to fight to get the concession to the wall. Probably yeah. a lot. Probably. Yeah. yeah. I think so. And that's why we both were in the hospital. <laughs> Going around. Um, what was this? Sorry, guys. Oh, what was your Thursday? <laughs> 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 Look at that wig, though. Like, why are like, you that hair? When you, like, like, I'm a date. When Yelena lands, and she's like, oh, I feel disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to this, this is why we um, we feel like the whole Black Widow movie was so great. And, you know, it's interesting. I just have to tell this story. So my nieces came to visit me here, which was a big deal because oh. they just both graduated from high school. And we were trying to figure out something to do. They weren't ready to go to bed. You know, there's only so much you can do at their age. They're under 21. And um, it was right before they're leaving. We're like, let's go see a movie. And it was between Boss Baby <laughs> and Black Widow. And I'm like, 
How is this even a question? Like, we're seeing Black Widow. Yes. We actually had to toss a coin for it. Thank God I won. Um, boss, baby. boss baby. That was real. Um, but the reason they didn't want to see it is because all their friends, mostly guys their age, told them, well, it really sucks. Right? And I had read about it beforehand that there was a very different reaction between men and women to the film and I loved it. It was like the Ghostbusters movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. I love I the loved Ghostbusters it. thing. It was so great. Yes. It was fantastic. And it, got, it was and there were so many man babies complaining and it's oh, like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I know. Yes. Yes. Words out loud. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. No, they were no, good no, words. No, they were good words. words. They were good words. Mm. And not to throw you under the bus, but I'm curious, what did you think of it? I liked it. It was a good movie. I love the alley the scene. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it like was, I wasn't sure what to expect because I thought the big boy had previews, so I wasn't sure if it was a prequel, a reboot. You know, I'm pretty sure it was a reboot going into it. I like the actresses to do it. I do too. My only thing I didn't like was that the theatrical release. You did not get to see the dance scene with the neon on. Because you could totally feel that you know they're canning that dance scene actually yeah. have after the credits and then you're like let us see it but it was cute role reversal i mean you know they, they did a good Chris job Hemsworth. of having fun with it you know? <laughs> she was just yeah. looking and for a reasonable amount of wontons <laughs> and she did some homage to the crew i mean yeah yeah, yeah. it's really good yeah. and that's when i learned that it, that's when i learned that chris hemsworth was a comedic genius <laughs> <laughs> and Civil War. Hmm. We're not going to spend a lot of time on them. <laughs> but there's some things that happen that are kind of important to like, for what comes next. And, and we didn't find a picture we liked, so sorry there's no slide in. Yeah. <laughs> this is a great place to pause. Because sorry. like, the picture I wanted, I could not find. So I like, I wanted some a picture of Nat at the farmhouse interacting with Flint's kids. Yeah. And I couldn't find one. So anyway, like in Age of Ultron, we see her kind of get closer to her Avengers teammates. You know, they become family. And it's after the fall of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, they have to go and they have to hide out at Clint's family farmhouse. And we see how close she is with Clint. Like, his kids call her Aunt Natasha. <laughs> and he knows his wife. Yeah. yeah, she's close with his family. It really puts pain to any attempts at sexual tension. Right. right. It totally is. answers that question right there. Mm -hmm. Because, oh, Auntie. Yeah. Right. And, and he really is a family man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was good. It was great. Yeah. It's good that she helps to show that coworkers don't have to mm -hmm. have, right. to have a romantic relationship. Right. They right. can just be coworkers and yeah. be friends. And yeah. it's okay. Yeah. And. And, in, and Clint's the one who brought her into S.H.I.E.L.D. So it's understandable they would already have, a, they would have a basis for that kind of close relationship. So there's, they also showed in Age of Ultra, and there was, they show, they refer, they referenced back to her, the widow training, and they showed some, some brief flashbacks of the Red Room. And she has a conversation with Bruce Banner because this is the movie where they decided that Banner and Banner and Natasha were having a thing. And their romantic relationship was a real source of controversy because of the way some of the dialogue was written. In particular, there's a scene where the two of them are together and they're talking about some things. And I guess 
and Natasha is talk- has been talking to him, you kind of get the idea they've been having conversations, slow conversations, where she talks about her past. And in this one particular conversation, she says to him, they sterilize you, it's efficient. One less thing to worry about, the one thing that might matter more than a mission. It makes everything easier, even killing. You still think you're the only monster on the team? The most offensive thing ever. You don't get a uterus, so you're in love. And it wasn't her choice either. Right, but this is Russia, though. This is what that was, so. I mean, I feel like. You did your job. Right. And I just. It is offensive. It is meant to be. Well, yes. As a writer, I will write something offensive because you need to make that point that this is offensive, guys. This is what happened. And she feels like she's a monster. Right. Which she isn't. But she's reflecting on herself. Right. Oh, that's why he's dirty. That's a really good perspective, Diana. Thanks. We hadn't really thought about that. It is offensive, but you have to do that sometimes. It's like I'm at a point in a novella where I know my character, who's an oracle, has to go through that crap to be a more rounded person, and I don't want to do it. That's um, like I just gotta get my nerve up and do it. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Once you get to like your character, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but there's you have to show things about the world. You know, you have to show and bring light to things that are dark. So like she's going into a relationship as a teenager. And in the series, she's an older lady, okay? But this is what brings her to what she is. She's going to a relationship with the kid who's been abused. And her the sister is about to be abused. And you have to bring light to it because otherwise people are going to get sterilized. And it sucks. Yeah. But it's still important. Huh. I hadn't considered it that way because I was just taking it as they were using this as a way to make her, which I've seen in, in other books and movies, she's just a womb, right? Like, you know, this is her purpose. Her purpose is to be able to be a mom, right? right. And she can't um, she can't be fully a woman that we can see with a rounded background if she doesn't have that. Right. And so I was looking at it from that, not from, from your perspective, it really does make sense. Well, yeah. it does, but it still sucks. Just and we you still can sucks, still object, but that's the point. You know, yeah. we have to object to these things, and we have to show them so that we can object to them. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. It does. Thank you. So that yeah. causes. So, like you know, they have to defeat Ultron, and that comes with a huge cost, and which takes us up to Civil War. The fallout from Ultron, a, a small country, a small country called Sokovia was basically destroyed. And Tony Stark starts a foundation to try to help people, which is, you know, it's fine. And <laughs> he has a lot of feelings in this movie. And he decides that the best way to solve the fallout from Ultron is to team up with somebody in the government and write something called the Sokovia Accords. And those would allow superhero teams to be under control of the gov- of government. And they would create a database of all the superheroes. And the Accords cause a rift in the Avengers. And it gets and it gets pretty pretty heated. And in the end, like I think there's a there's a really good moment, or if I remember correctly. Steve Rogers is like putting people on lists that never ends well. <laughs> and so Natasha, like, she kind of seems to kind of go back and forth because she wants to, she thinks they need to, they need to take some responsibility for what happened in Sokovia. But she ultimately ends up on the, on see Steve's side. And when all of a sudden. So she's been in Russia. She knows what right. this is. Right. She's been on this. Right. She knows what this is. Right. And so she ends up on Steve's side, and at the end of it, she becomes a fugitive with Steve because she refuses to sign on. And what that brings us back 
to the movie that we finally watched. <laughs> At last. At long last. After waiting an extra two years. Yes, after waiting an extra two years because of COVID. And the movie cut the movie starts with I think it kind of starts with her childhood. There's this kid with blue hair kind of like gangly skinny kid with blue hair riding a bike in middle America. Mila Jovovich's child. Huh? Mila Jovovich's child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love. So she like goes home and like she's there with her sister and her mom and dad comes home and they're all gonna have dinner. It's 1995 but there's a tension and like, like there's this conversation where you know mom is like how long do we have and they have to pack up and leave. And Natasha is old enough to understand what's going on, but Yelena doesn't. And so everybody loads in the car and they go to an airport. They have to. It is one of the most harrowing scenes that I can remember. <laughs> Where like people are shooting at them. Natasha is like 12 years old, nine, nine, somewhere between nine and 12 years old, and she has to fly the plane. <laughs> and anyway, when they get to Cuba, they're all separated, and these kids are just taken. And I'm really sorry, but I have a lot of feelings about this movie. But at any rate, it's like, it's really very, it's really kind of traumatic because it shows you what how they did things. It's really a lot of, a friend, when a friend of mine posted about it, she actually put a trigger warning on her post for human trafficking. Yeah. Because that's really what they did. Because they become objects. Yeah, yeah. they're not people. That's what they did. Right. It's a there's a cargo container full of young girls. Right. Yeah, and it's it's. A, and someone goes down the line and picks out who gets to come. It's a science project. Yeah. Everything and, is okay for science. Right. For the state. And like, when you go back to the movies present day, it's after the events of Civil War. And you see that she is in the process of successfully evading the United States government, which is hunting her. And she meets up with somebody, she gets to a safe house, and she makes it to a safe house where we learn that she's got a contact, that for the right price, he's usually able to get her whatever she needs, like identities, money, transportation, housing, information. And he gives her a box like there's there's a box and what he gives her and he's like well it's from the budapest house and she's like what but she goes into town for gas and she gets run off the road and somebody they're after the box because what we also end up seeing is we see yelena again as an adult and she's part of a team and their team is going after another woman who has this stuff and you find out from watching that the stuff that they have is basically an, an, is a thing that clears up chemical, um, yeah. I'm gonna call it, Mark. chemical Mark. conditioning. Yeah. yeah, so we're talking the modern about widows. identity stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll do. In the yeah. modern widows, they've all been, basically they've all gotten some kind of injection that'll make them very, like they can be controlled. Yeah. Well, now Yellen is awake, so to speak, <laughs> and now she's gotta disappear. And there's a point, there's a lot to be said in the movie about family. Yelena is younger. And to her, everybody was a real family. But Natasha tries to say that it's not real because she knows that they weren't actually related by blood. And plus, understandably, she's really traumatized and very salty about the whole thing. And like, there's, there's a scene where they all get back together because they go, they bust Alexei out of jail, where he's been in prison because he's the Russian super soldier. And he's telling all these, I fought Captain America. And it's like, sure he did. And they break him out of jail, and they go to find, I cannot remember her name, but they go to find the character that was played by Rachel Weiss, who was their mom, who was the generation of widows before Natasha. And they all decide, they all, Natasha ends up learning that the person that she, that she was sent to kill in order to be her introduction into S.H.I.E.L.D., um, a man named, 
well, he was terrible, and he was Russian. And she was Drakov. Yeah. She was said to kill him, and she learns that she didn't get the job done. So now she and her Russian family are going to take care of it. And, like, there's a lot of really interesting callbacks to other other parts of the MCU. Like, there's a, a place where... Alexi starts acting like this proud dad and he's like putting his arms around them and he's like my girls you know and he's like you've got some you know you have all that red in your ledgers <laughs> which that's a direct callback to the Avengers because she talks about why she's part of the team and why she's trying to help people because I've got a lot of red in my ledger and she so they like they eventually get in there and it's a really fun trip to how they get in and they infiltrate and she comes to kill Dracov and she does she comes to do it herself because she figured like you know she failed the first time she's not going to fail again and he's got this really gross and horrible view of how he's been putting the widow program together and there's this line that he talked where he says that there always will be a renewable resource of expendable little girls. Yep. But they feel that way. Yeah. They're just objects. They're not important. So, so I think that that's actually an accurate portrayal of how a lot of people treat young girls in the world right. today. It and is. I absolutely feel that. human trafficking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like a very powerful moment that really resonated with me as a modern woman. Yeah. And I was just like, ah, yes. That was like a physical blow. Yeah. And it's nice, though, because they free as many of the, wid- the widows that are there as they can. Yelena finds a way. It's just, just like, like, blows up almost like in a little bomb, some of the capsules of antidote. And they're all kind of like, oh, you know, and they're, they're able, yeah, they're free of it. And they end up being able to leave, and they take down the Red Room. And they're gonna leave it like this picture that we've got is after they've brought down the red room and they're waiting for what's left of like whatever shield is left to whoever to come and clean it up. I I think what's really interesting, I just wanna kinda of jump in. I think what's really interesting is that, you know, Civil War, I remember when Civil War came out and going to Phoenix Con and going to a lot of author panels and then talking about how much family dynamic was in Civil War, you know, how it had so much more connection and the feeling of love and and the angst of having fights within your family, right? And then we continue to this, and it's another notion of family. We start seeing the different layers of family for her, right? And it really makes her, I think that's why I really like the movie, right? Is because it, it really humanizes her in a new way. She starts realizing um, and opening up on what levels of family she has. She has this family that, you know, she was really hurt when they were pulled apart. You know, she loved Yelena and, you know, she wanted to ignore that and act like she was past it and she realized she wasn't, right? And that I think that really um, helped develop her too in that she embraced um, Dracoff's daughter, right? And um, felt a responsibility for harming her and that Dracoff's daughter and the other widows were kind of a family for her too, right? And that she wanted to do right by them. And and at the end, it's very much a feeling of, of sisterhood with Elena. Uh, we get that Easter egg of her getting the vest yeah. that shows up, right? <laughs> yeah. In, in the next movie, that's where the green vest comes yeah. from. Uh, <laughs> But we get this feeling of sisterhood too with all the widows. And I think it just really um we needed that that this movie to to humanize her and make her more again than just this machine that she's been. So No, that's totally I like totally agree. There's a moment in this movie where they're sitting down at the table (laughs) as adults having dinner and the mom mm-hmm. brings all of these things out in the little weird Tupperwares. Right. And I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> like they are the most 
this is such a family moment as an adult to come back. And it's like kind of a queer moment too, even though they aren't necessarily queer, but there is some queer coding to this experience of like found family and coming back as an adult and dealing with your family that feels like they've abandoned you and like your mom is going to act like everything's fine and pass the cabbage rolls around in the Tupperware and you're like, mom, I'm the red from death. Maybe not cabbage rolls right now. I'm hungry later. Yeah. We all need cabbage rolls sometimes, apparently. But it was just like such yeah. a beautiful moment. It was. I just uh, loved it. And you have one kid who gets mad and goes into their room, and then dad's like, it's okay. I'll go talk to her. her. (laughs) And he has absolutely no idea what to do, and yet what he does is perfect. Yes, it is. It is a beautiful moment. I just, it's really real. I just love that actor so much. Yeah. He is so good. Oh, good. Uh, May I Stranger Things, yes, go ahead. Oh, I don't mean to cut you off, but. I remember when this was coming out and like people were having their reactions on Twitter, home Twitter, and they were like, oh, no more fat jokes about that actor. Oh, God, it's like fat Thor. And I'm like, first of all, are you a thin person? Then please sit down. But secondly, like, that's not really what's going on with him. It's like, dad's aging. People age. Our bodies change. Yeah, and he's just like sitting in jail for like 20 years or something. (laughs) He's trying to reclaim his youthful glory. And that whole interplay where the women are just like, oh, there you go. It's like so real. It was like a very family moment. It is. It's a total family moment because Dan's like, look, it still fits. And Mom's like, you got fat. (laughs) (laughs) You grew up before in high school. (laughs) (laughs) You've had too much borscht. Too many casuals. Right. And so, like, at the end, after they've all, they've all had their moment in the wreckage, Nat. You know, they kind of like she has to go, yeah. Because they're gonna or they're gonna bring her in, so she kind of slips away. And we like they catch up with her in the film. Excuse me, near the end, she's met up with her contact again, and this time he's gotten her. He's gotten her some great transportation. She's got the best with the pockets, and she's gonna go rejoin her other family because they need her. They have a, um, which like it basically go would go like right into Infinity War. And Infinity War, she doesn't show up till a little ways in, mm-hmm. because Steve, you get the idea that she and Steve have been running ops around the world to like, yeah, to, to help people, but to try to do it in a quiet way. So they kind of try to fly under the radar of of the various governments. But when they make an entrance, they make an entrance because these these creatures, these beings, are hunting Wanda and Vision. And they save them. And so then they, you know, they save them. They're like, well, come on, come with us. And so they have to go back and they have to meet up and figure out what's going on. You know, and it turns out there's this there's this guy, Thanos, and he's really bad news. And they end up they end up heading to Wakanda to meet up with some of the others because everybody's kind of you know, they've kind of gone their separate ways for a while because of everything in Civil War. And we learn that unlike an Infinity War also ends up being a night a reunion for Steve and Bucky. And she goes with everybody to Wakanda, wherever they all make their final stand against Thanos. And she survives the snap. This is where I'm like, she steps up and becomes the leader that everybody needs, right? Like, nobody else is fighting the fight, but she, and I think this is why I find Black Widow so important, it makes more sense now why she feels such a connection to trying to keep everybody together, right? Yeah. And to try to keep fighting. And like, um, you know, she just, 
she says, like, this is a quote I found, even if there's a small chance we can undo this, I mean, we owe it to everyone not in this room to try. And I just thought that was, like, such a great quote because, um, again, after seeing Black Widow, it makes sense why she sees these different levels of family and why she's willing to sacrifice herself. And I'm so angry that she did this and she gets nothing out of it. Like, yeah. I mean, she gets like, I'm kind of interrupting your no, okay. <laughs> I just feel like a bunch of man pain and Hulk throws a bench into a lake. And that's that. That's it. That's it. There's this huge sacrifice she makes. And, and you know that it's from love, right? And you know that, that there's so much love behind it. And it's just like, then she's gone and we're moving on. And yeah, Tony gets all, all the kudos, all the, kudos, all, all the credit, all, all the, the memorial, all the tears. And I'm like, wait a minute. I remember saying this to my husband right away. I was like, but what about Natasha? Where's Natasha? Yeah. And I just felt like, wait a shafter. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was interesting in the movie the fact that she comes, but she, the fact that in, like, is everybody, like, I would think, like, mostly, like, in fandom spaces, if you, if you're going to have an Avengers and Steve Rogers is involved, you expect him to be the one who's, who's the one in charge, who's calling the shots. But instead, after the snap, he kind of stepped back and he became the person to lead support groups because that's how he knows how to help is to talk to people. And Natasha knows how to be active. She basically becomes the best Nick Fury she can be. Exactly. Whereas her depressed and weird and the most yeah. Steve Rogers we've seen. Or, because or maybe the ultimate Steve Rogers. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but like, she, because she was really, and it makes sense to fill that role because she was close to Nick Fury. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think in a way that not that even though like he was her superior, that in many ways they were peers mm -hmm. and friends. And so she was willing to be the glue that held everyone together and to keep trying and to keep fighting. And I wonder if she passed around daddy jewels at that time. <laughs> she oh, may have been peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. But like and then and then, yeah, she goes on a mission with Clint when everybody goes on their, like, little their time travel thing. And there's that cute moment where she says, see you in a minute. And then they go to that god-awful planet with Red Skull. And they learn that somebody's got to die for them to bring back the Soul Stone. And because she wants Clint to have a shot at getting his family back, she lets go. And all she gets is Hulk throwing a bench, and she gets included in Peter Parker's high school memorial video. <laughs> and she always wanted to make up for her ledger, right? Mm -hmm. This was her ultimate way, I think she felt like, to be redeemed. Yeah. I mean, her whole, her whole line, I think, was about figuring out how she could find that redemption. And for her, that was it, right? So I understand why it happened. I just felt like... I'm still mad about it. The way they overlooked her, and it just went to be how well well that's yeah. where she did because the men are more important I did feel the reason I see she did it not for him but for the nieces and nephews yeah she did because we knew everyone he was in suicide's not a problem right now for him he's all bandwagon he's Nuts. Yes, but they will need him mm -hmm. when they yeah. come back. Correct. But also, it was never the fact that she sacrificed herself that bothered me. Mm -hmm. It was the it fact was that the, she got no. Right. She there was nothing about it. Yeah, yeah it's after, like absolutely they blew past it. After she had embraced them as family, after she had really changed and let herself be emotionally vulnerable, they couldn't be caring enough to give her her due. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they couldn't be bothered to like light a candle. Nope. So we're running low on time, and we gotta go. But really, move quickly. Um, we just want to ask 
if you had a way to honor Natasha, what would that look like? If you could have written that into the MCU, and that's a big question for a really short period of time, but have you, have you thought what of what they, would you like to see? What did they do for Tony Stark? Right. Yeah. You know? Right. 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 It would have been better if there was also a memorial for her. Right. Or, you know, some kind of acknowledgement. Yeah. Or a scholarship fund. <laughs> or like an organization called Romanoff School to fight wrongs against accused women and kidnapped right. girls. I don't know. Like, I would want a big emotional, like, grieving moment, though, for sure. If we can cry over Tony, we could have taken like even a beat to cry over her. Yeah. And I felt like in the film, she, the rhythm of the film didn't even give you that beat, no. really. No. Whereas yeah. when Tony did what he did with the love, it was a whole that thing. thing. Yeah. That they was like, they kept hammering you. Oh no! We had like many moments with him and just like looking at his corpse in that glove. And <laughs> crying. So, so much time crying. crying. <laughs> I cried. Yeah. I cried today, though. Thank you. Today. And I really, that's like, I think the best part for me and all that, like, I really love that there was that credit scene in Black Widow where Yelena takes her dog, she always wanted a dog, to go to visit Natasha's grave, and you can see that there's been other people. I mean, I refuse to believe that it's only Yelena visiting this, yeah. visiting her grave. Yeah. Yeah. That's not all her stuff. Right. Yeah. So it was really, it was really good to see that other people care. <laughs> that clearly at some point, someone got together and they did a thing for her. And so yeah. Thank you guys so much for coming. This is the best panel I've seen so far at Tuscott. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. And feel free to enjoy our other shows, such as D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition and Scion Ragnarok and Roll, a Scion hero to Ragnarok story. Thank you for listening.